people i miss y'all every time i cut the camera off and then my wife starts being mean to me and my kids start crawling on me and my 17 year old daughter starts asking for stuff and i miss y'all so welcome back to the emotional pet guy i'm adrian archie i'm an emotional intelligence coach a founder entrepreneur a husband a father a friend a son i'm valuable to you use me as that and please be valuable to me it's what emotional intelligence is all about, getting to a common goal. So today, we'll talk about something uh, called emotional nutrition. Now, I was in a presentation a couple, last week actually, and one of the presenters talked about digital nutrition and the things that are coming out from uh, uh, AI perspective and, 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 and just uh, apps and, and different research that are turning products out that actually helps you be more healthy. Literally, digital nutrition. They're figuring out ways to, for technology to interact with your body to get to higher well-being. And when I heard digital nutrition, immediately, as someone that, that, that helps other people get to fulfillment as emotional intelligence coach, I said, wow, that's emotional nutrition. I can talk about that. So that's what we're talking about today. Now, you're like, what does that mean? He's trying to use buzzwords to watch, get me to watch. That's up to you if you want to watch me. I'm valuable. I think you are too. So we should help. So the mission of this podcast, and I'm going to say this every time because when you tune in, I want you to get this from it, not just listening to me talk and the cool guests I have, is to make life practical. Fulfillment be normal every day, not something that you're always searching for and you never find. And we do it through emotional intelligence and our pet. So if you don't have a pet and you watch my podcast, you need to link up with me or somebody to help you get a pet. I recommend a rescue pet. But if you want a purebred, that's fine too because they're just as healthy. But emotional nutrition is something we're going to jump into. And I'm going to introduce it to you from a word that you know better than what I'm using. Um, however, let's start with this. It's this thing that came about through history and we still find ourselves in them today I think now more than ever it's called a tribe now tribe came from the Latin word tribus now I was a Latin uh, I took Latin in high school I took uh, was it two classes I don't know how many credits I was in high, I can't even remember maybe it was eight credits four I don't know how many credits was Latin in high school but I actually enjoyed the class because I'm a nerd and I like to know the origin of things and what things are coming from because it helps me set my foundation so I don't have to follow anybody else but myself and I'm cool when I get criticized or I lose or I win because I'm me and that's all I can be tribe it's something that 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 the similar to that it allows you to have identify with others. The ancient Romans actually used it, um, as well as in biblical times, um, the, the Romans used it to to differentiate groups of people. Um, if you can remember Roman society, if you ever listened in class, that they, they had senators and 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 people b below them and 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 different classes of people, and you couldn't almost move out of those classes. Those were tribes, is what they would have called them then. Um, actual voting units. Now, how much is politics involved in our lives today? Voting. Um, in the biblical text, it was the 13 divisions of the early Israelites. So tribes come from somewhere. So tribe 
I'm going to kind of take it a negative connotation today, but it's not a bad word from what it, it, it really embodies. I think we've perverted it in modern times. Now it's a social group made up of families, clans, generations that have language, customs, and the same beliefs. Common character, maybe even occupation or interest. It can go uh, from a very high level of a group of people to a very low level of you and your spouse or you and your children or you and, right, you and your team at work. But tribes, as we become more global and more polarized in the way we think and, and the ideologies, tribes are actually becoming pretty unhealthy. And you can see us move into tribes more and more today. And in my opinion, tribes are the biggest block to emotional nutrition. Now sit with that a little bit because we all find ourselves in tribes. I mean, it's not something that, again, it's not bad. American Indians, Native Americans identify with tribes, and, and, and they don't take that as a derogatory word. So I'm not making it one. I'm saying when it comes to interacting with other people on a level that everybody can get to a mutual success, emotional intelligence, understanding yourself and behaving in a way that you can motivate others, motivate yourself, and get things done on a social level, at work, at school, at play, in relationships in your family, emotional nutrition is really empathy. And tribes are killing our empathy, whether it's politics, Republicans, Democrats, Christians, Muslims, atheists, a black, white, a smart, dumb, college-educated, not all of these groups that don't matter. Do you speak to homeless people? Because if you don't, you should. They're humans. And last I checked, you're human. Forget about the tribes when it comes to identifying with other people because rudeness and meanness and cruelty is becoming our nutrition, if you don't notice. Whether you agree or not with me or whoever else, we still have to send our kids to school and send our families out safely. So no matter what your ideology is, you agree with that. And this is why emotional nutrition or empathy is something that we need to get on top of quick because our tribes are going to kill us. So let's talk about this. Tribes are comfortable. It's efficient. But when they become too efficient and you don't want others around you and you become xenophobic, it's a problem. And you have become a block in this world, in my world, and I don't like blocks. You shouldn't like a block, and I never will be in your life. So understand that your success does go through other people, whether you hate them or love them. You don't have a choice in that. It's already been dictated. So how will we get back to civility again? Civility. Treating somebody next to you like a human, no matter who they are, what they smell like, look like, think like, talk like, dress like, identify like. It doesn't matter to you because civility is really what matters so that we all are safe. So empathy, emotional nutrition, empathy, emotional nutrition, say it to yourself Empathy, emotional nutrition, it's the only way we can get back to civility and a norm where we can feel safe again in this world. Whether it's safe as far as our health or safe mentally, safe emotionally, or safe in the fact that you can find fulfillment along with other people. You find yourself competing with everything and everybody even when they don't know, that's not healthy. Competition is good from the sense of you're going after your own goals and dreams, but why does his matter? Think about it. So let's dive into this emotional nutrition. What is empathy? Empathy is the mental ability that allows us to see the world from somebody else's perspective. That's simple. It's a 
foundation of emotional intelligence. I think it should be a foundation of being a living being. I guarantee you my Doverman has more empathy than most humans in this world. And you say, well, how does he know a Doverman has it? Well, when me and my wife get an argument or I'm, I get a little uh, uh, upset with one of my children because they haven't cleaned up or something, my dogs get up and go out the room. And sometimes I'm not even saying anything. They can feel that energy. Energy. We have energy. We're, we're moting it right now. If you had some, some uh, 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 I forget what you call the things that measure electrical voltage, but if you put it near a human or a dog, it, it, you would get some vibration off of it. So energy, they feel it. Understanding the world from somebody's perspective. So you're telling my Doberman can see my perspective and get up and go out the room? And sometimes even when I'm sad or I'm crying or whatever, and I do, I cry a lot. I'm not embarrassing. I'll do it in front of you because I'm valuable to you, and I hope you're valuable to me, right? If he can feel what I'm feeling and get up and walk out the room, he's more emotional intelligence than most humans. Seeing the world from somebody else's perspective. So let's look at some of the facts, some of the research out there, so we can dive into it so you don't just think I'm talking to hear myself talk, even though I do. I do talk to myself. And research says, and I, I, research says that people that talk to themselves are smarter than you if you don't. And not only the ones that they talk to, but if you answer yourself and have conversations, you're even smarter. And I take it a little further. There's not even statistics out there, but I talk to myself in front of people now. And I don't even care. People catch me talking to myself, and I smile at them and keep going. I don't know why that matters or what I'm saying, but you should talk to yourself. It means you're smarter. Anyway, empathy is the number one rule for product innovation. So we have people out there that want to be entrepreneurs, people that work for companies. I used to work with product engineers, um, with surgeons and, 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 and figuring out products to uh, take tumors and do brain surgery. And it's the number one thing that engineers and marketers especially must weave in from the beginning is empathy. What is the customer's pain point? Why are we making this product? I've heard it called voice of the customer. And voice of the customer is something you should get early on. Well, maybe you don't have a customer. Maybe the voice is a colleague or a child or someone else. Empathy is the number one way to innovation success. So think about innovation as your relationships. Think about innovation as your creativity coming out. Think about innovation when you get stuck and, you, and it feels uncertain. Empathy. Unlock it and it'll unlock the uncertainties in your life. That's what that first piece of research is, is generally saying. I like to take information and, and, and wrap it up on what it means to me. I think that's what that's saying. Let's see. Um, we just talked about it briefly, but empathy, it boosts creativity. Think about it. Think about painting the Mona Lisa or, or, or and I'm not an artist at all. I, I'm a creative in, 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 in ideas and, 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 and the vision I want to carry out, but I'm not a creator in, 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 in drawing or any visual art. Uh, anything like that, any fine art. But creation, it, it makes you creative, empathy, understanding other people, other things, understanding why and what they go through, understanding why the leaves on the trees turn brown in the fall. That's actually, you. Uh, empathy is just understanding something else and putting yourself in those shoes. You don't have to agree, but understand. That's how simple empathy is. And if you can't get there, that may be how simple you are. Think about it. Let's work on these things and call ourselves out. If you want to be valuable, 
Next part of empathy is improved satisfaction. Now, this particular research was about physicians and their patients. And 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 patients actually getting healthier. But see, this is something that can spook a lot of people out, depending on what you believe and what you don't believe. But I promise you, empathy heals. Prayer heals, meditation heals, empathy heals. You hear a lot of people when they pray, effective prayers, people that, are, that, that can travail in prayer and, and really dive into the supernatural, you'll find that they're praying for others. They're praying for the, the God to be in other people. Whatever they mean, it's, it's, it's empathy. The, 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 the best intercessors out there, the best people that can step in the, 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 the divide for others through prayer are empathetic. They may not know it. And if you're not finding power in your prayer, if you don't see changes when you pray, maybe it's because you're not empathetic enough in it. And I'm not saying that I'm, I understand. I'm just saying empathy is an improved satisfaction. And those patients said that it was a better information exchange when their physician had empathy. They understood what he was saying, that his expertise, they thought that he was smarter. And I actually have this, you know, it been in a, 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 a business that, that, that focuses on nutrition for pets. A lot of pet parents, pet owners, whatever you want to call yourself, that come to us for better nutrition for the pets or hygiene questions or care questions. Um, if you go read our reviews, I, one of the biggest mistakes I made is I was in my business by myself way too long. I should have had other people in there helping me. But what it did teach me is what customers really needed, what pet parents really needed, and what they really misunderstood in nutrition and how we could really deliver it to them better. And that's how I created a concept that other people want to be a part of, is that it was my empathy that if you read the reviews that they were saying, yes, I'm knowledgeable, and yes, I help with solutions, and, 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 and thank God some of those solutions worked. Um, but the probably the biggest thing for, for, for if you read those reviews and what they're saying is, is my empathy. They felt like I cared. Now, thank God I was telling them the right information, but it felt like I cared. That's important. Those patients also said that they trusted the physician more. They felt like it was a partnership with your physician. Partnership. And it was better compliance on what the physician asked them to do for their well-being. They actually went home and were most likely going to do as closely as they could to what the physician asked them to do simply because he had empathy or she had empathy. And that trust and that relationship they built through that simple connection of understanding what that patient going through, that the patient's probably scared, the patient doesn't understand, it's a cold environment, it's sterile. It, it, it is, you're using technical terms. I, I've seen neurosurgeons uh, talk to patients right before surgery, and I could tell the ones that were the best. Neurosurgeons are brilliant people. They go to school longer than anybody else. Just at the college, they go to school 16 years. Forget about elementary, middle school, and high school. We're talking about just becoming a neurosurgeon in 16 years. Wow. But the best ones I found, as well as with outcomes, had great empathy. It was, I, I remember a surgeon, I won't say any names, but it, it was a, a, a university in Florida and, and, and listened to, to, to hip-hop music and surgery, and it was amazing to me um, 
in that, he actually was empathetic with everybody in the room. And it's a lot of people in the surgery room. But he was empathetic with everybody in the room through him being himself in there doing brain surgery. And I can guarantee you, looking at his social media and look at his patient reviews, his patients heal. He has a great outcome rate. Is it because of his empathy or is it because he's brilliant? It's a lot of brilliant neurosurgeons. It's a lot of brilliant surgeons, but do they have the same outcomes? Good question. I know the empathy these patients say improve their satisfaction. So let's jump forward a little bit so I don't get off task because I like to talk. Hopefully you like to listen. <laughs> um, empathy improves the ability to negotiate business owners, entrepreneurs, investors. Understanding why the other side is doing what they're doing has shown in research that you can actually find agreements that were hidden that neither of you were thinking about that may never have been done before and may not have been comfortable or right in another situation because you understood what the other person on the side of that table was in need of and what a win looked like to them. You could mutually get there and actually be creative in getting there, right? Empathy improves creation. At the negotiation table, you can use empathy and win. Wow. Empathy has leaked the good leadership. I think this is, to me, this is a no-brainer, but I've had extremely bad leaders um, in my life. And, and I mean, I, you, most people, if you talk and see me now, know my story. But, I mean, empathy is a problem for leaders, especially in corporate America, when they're simply trying to jump up the ladder, not understanding that the ladder is really the people that work for them, right? And when that ladder breaks through their bad empathy, things go south. And it actually says, and this is what's really worrying to me, that, it, that empathy is a stronger predictive of self and senior leadership, but only 40% have proficient empathy skills. So it's the number one of the top three things that say that people, corporate America and their family or wherever they may be a leader at teams, it's the number in top three of what I can look at you and say, he's going to be, she's going to be successful. And only 40% of leaders in corporate America are proficient in empathy. I think they need to call me and help their leaders. I'm valuable. You are too. The empathy delusion in marketing. And I'm going to speed up here because there's a few more things I want to make sure I get in for you. Um, and they say the empathy delusion is because listen to this. And this is very similar to the leadership thing. When you know what the customer wants, the voice of the customer, when you begin creating the product, you have a better chance of the, comp, the, the, the actual product being successful. Three out of four uh, consumer uh, 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 good products, I think the, the stat says, fail. That are launched every year. Three out of four of them. I mean, that's, that's pretty high standard to jump over. And the ones that succeed are the ones that hit what the customer wanted best. Empathy. What do they need? Can I put myself in them shoes? That's it. But only 30% of marketers are proficient in it. Understanding the consumer's perspective. I'm telling you, that's why my business grew. Even though I was there by myself, depressed every day for years, dumb, don't do it. If you're starting a business, entrepreneurs, look out, talk to me. You want to do my franchise. I like to see people win. Being in your business by yourself forever is dumb. And there's a lot of reasons why. But... I learned what my customers, pet parents needed, not just from me and what I did, what they were going through 360 with that pet from puppy to senior, kitten to senior. What did they go through? Number one, I'm a pet parent, and I've had pets, cats live 18 and die in my arms, and, 
and 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 my Doverman's getting older, Chihuahua's getting older. I understand. I have that empathy, and I was able to storytell with that, which we'll jump into here soon. And one of the last stats is that. Now, remember that 30% of market is only good. Only 30% are good at that. And imagine the money that gets spent on products that they don't even really know what we want. We just buy in what they imagine if they started hitting what we wanted on, on how that would improve so many things in our lives. And the last one I think is going to make a lot of sense to anybody. Take these stats when I give them to you, and it may be focused on corporate or medical or something, but, but apply them to your life and what that means. So the empathy deficit in business costs that average brand, this is obviously a big brand, but if you have a small business, I mean, just it's, it's relative. Costs $300 million a year, not understanding what the customer wants, not understanding what, that, what, what team, what the associates and colleagues want, people leaving companies. It costs more to rehire somebody than to find out what it is they need and retain them. People leave, ruin teams, ruin budgets, products are wrong that fail because empathy, 300 million a year. What does that mean to your small business, your family, your team, your athletes, your, what is it? Empathy. So as I wrap up here, another study found that Americans, and I think we, if you don't see this, and I don't care what side of the aisle you're on, unless you're stuck in a cave, and you probably still see this, that Americans are 75% less empathetic than they were 30 years ago right now. And I can tell, mass shooting, life goes on. All of this tragedy and chaos and uncertainty and lies and everything we're going through right now is really a lack of empathy, of caring about somebody else. We're so far in our tribes that we think it's right to be cruel. Yep. So what does empathy help me? And I want you to think about this. For me, empathy, when I really see it show up in my life, and, I, and, and number one is, is, is my ability to uh, resolve conflict. I don't have much conflict in my life, and I don't mean that I, I'm happy every day. I don't have problems. I have children and wives and friends and, and, and stakeholders that expect the most out of me. I, and we all run into conflict, but I really don't experience conflict on a long-term level simply because I don't want it. And I think empathy allows me to do that because at some point, even when I'm mad, I can start to see, okay, why are they mad at me, right? A lot of times it's you that's the problem, not them. And my decision-making skills, I always include other people or other things, my pets or people I don't even know. I, 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 I pick up trash as I'm walking. It's not mine as long as I'm not going to catch a disease from it. I have empathy. I, want, I don't want other people to go through what I'm going through. I don't want somebody else to have to walk past that trash and I didn't pick it up. Empathy a lot of times will put you in a position where you make good decisions even when you don't know the decision to make because it's a right way and a wrong way. It really is. So let's look at this and apply it to, my, to your life. How do we build and improve on empathy as we wrap up here in our last five or so minutes? For me, empathy, and I think, will it can enhance in anybody's life. You know, I, I find myself in sales and marketing positions a lot. Um, I coach people now. I'm selling franchises. Um, I have to really know, number one, what pet owners want, but I also have to know what business owners want. And I'm going after business owners that are novices. That's what the small box is about, that you don't have to be an expert, and we can help you get there. Generational wealth and business knowledge. So storytelling is extremely important in everything I do. When I was a captain on a football team, leading a company and my family, even influencing others, talking to you, 
storytelling. But the number one thing in storytelling, when you hear that story, you get, children say, don't tell stories. That's what my mom, don't say lie when you're a child telling stories. So then you start thinking think story a lie. No, stories, number one, have to be real. And for me, it's been in a pet business. I have pets. So I can tell other pet parents how I've gone through the same problems, how my pets responded to this product. Storytelling. Be honest. If it's not a real story, don't tell it. Work with your team to come up with stories if you're in a retail store or you're selling the surgeons or, or you're selling cars or you're trying to get your kids on board with something. Life experiences, you're having them. Let's talk about stories and how we deliver them. Number one, they need to be true because if they're not true, you're not going to come across in a way that's empathetic. And that's what stories really tap into is I can tell I know personalities enough and I know people enough and I work with them enough that stories allow me to take my experience and give it to you in a way that you can succeed too and hear the benefit of it, the empathy in it, and it's influential to you to get to a better place. True stories, though. Don't lie because you can't back that up. You can't be real. All right, so real quick here, good questions. We already talked about truthful. Stories start with good questions, especially in front of customers. But if you're an accountant, you're asking about numbers. If you're a leader and you're trying to get your direct reports to tell you something, good questions allow you to be empathetic because good questions tell you where your stakeholder, your customer, the person listening you're interacting with, where they are. Good questions. Customers walk in the store. The reason that we're able to offer such good solutions even though I was in there too long by myself, <laughs> um, is good questions. It's a decision tree. Because what you'll find is the pet owners come in and they're really in five or six buckets on what their pet is going through. It's not that big of a difference, except it's relative to how it, it presents to them and their symptoms. I know if you, it, I, the right question here and the right question there will unlock something that neither one of us even thought about, just like in a negotiation with good questions. Good questions. Empathy starts with, asking questions and then listening and you don't listen with just your ears you listen with your eyes you listen with your nose you listen with paying attention to what's going on around you good questions third the very reason you must go after life is experiences experiencing different things traveling different people different careers different just going into something uncertain i don't know what's going to happen but i'm going to do it because i can be more empathetic to people that do it every day Experience. Get the experience. That's why you got to do it. Experience. Four, plot the match and need the desired in outcome. And, and that was a little jumbled. Uh, basically, empathy allows you to know the desired outcome of, of what that interaction is and allows you to figure out a way to get there better rather than just railroading somebody and what you want. And I'm never working with you again and you never going higher because you burned a bridge. Products are characters and must be relevant can't be an obstacle or solution. And what that means is that the product needs to be relevant to what I want. If you're going to make me as an African-American man as a product um, that's going to be perfect for me, do you know what uh, African-American man needs in that particular product? You should probably ask some, right? That's what empathy is. You need to know more to hit their perspective. Couple last ones here. Eye contact is extremely important in empathy. Empathy is based on not just knowing, but it's also based on paying attention. And I, and I talk about this a lot. Paying attention allows you to be vulnerable. Paying attention allows you to be uh, transparent. Paying attention allows you to understand what the other person's feeling when you're talking to them. 
You see people getting antsy, you probably need to speed up. You see people looking puzzled, you probably need to ask them if they understand. You see people kind of distracted, maybe they're not even interested in what you're telling them, right? Empathy will allow you to communicate better and win as well as them because it allows you to give them what you, they want it. We have to get out of this idea that we only can win if we get what we want. I don't lose much because I see the win in any and everything because I understand this isn't just about me and I need this experience so that I can be empathetic later. Empathy is really at all. It's, I will talk about empathy again because I don't have time in this particular episode, but it's, it's actually emotional nutrition. Empathy, that this research that shows that people are healthier and live longer than, than, than that, that basically empathy is, is more powerful than a cigarette. And what I'm saying is that empathy will keep you alive where cigarettes will kill you. So it, people think that it's, it's certain things that you have to do or eat certain foods, but mindset and how you feel about other people gets forgotten. Emotional nutrition is empathy. And then the last one here, and, and we talked about eye contact, but personality types are, are very important. Start to study other people, not to manipulate them. This is not, I don't, I, this, this isn't manipulation. Understand other people, whether they're analytical or they're, uh, they're, they're, they're empaths or, or they're amiable, they're, they're drivers. Find out what those personality types are and start to recognize that in people so that you can be empathetic. Give them what they need so that you can win as well, right? Here's the deal. Empathy helps me with decision-making. It, with, with, it helps me communicate better. It helps me be more creative. The reason I know what customers, pet parents especially, won't, or entrepreneurs won't is because I ask good questions. I'm empathetic, and it, it's first in my life, and I feel healthier because of it. I can tell you that. Stories, again, this is where empathy takes me. Maybe empathy takes you to motivation or something else, but I'm telling you, storytelling is a great way to improve your empathy. The better you are at telling stories, the better you are at being, moving up in your career, the better you are at creating products, driving a business, being a leader, and generally being a healthy person. It's about shared purpose, it's about understanding, and it's about trust. I'm going to jump out of here because I think this was a deep one, and I really want you to chew on this. I'm Adrian Archie. I'm the emotional pet guy. Thanks for tuning in, good citizens of the earth. And empathy, emotional nutrition, get full. Love you. Peace. About life now, turn on a life now. The emotional pet guy, podcast. Now talking about life now, turn on a life now.